Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Anthony Campolo. Welcome to JavaScript Jam Weekly. Thank you all for showing up so promptly. We got a lot of hype for this one. We're talking sales comp with my buddy Kelvin, and very excited to talk about it. It's a more back-end heavy JavaScript framework that has been around for quite a while. And we got the man of the hour right here. Super nifty. And we got Brad too. What's up, man? And Matt. Hey. Let me know. Oh, it looks like we got we got you. Hey, hey. Hey, how you doing? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me here, really. Yeah, yeah, super excited too. I really wanted to be involved somehow with sales comp, so this is about the best way I could do it. Um, yeah, first, why don't you introduce yourself, say who you are and how you're involved in all this. Yeah, thank you. Um, so my name is Kelvin. I'm a full-star JavaScript engineer. I currently work at Trouble. Um, before Trouble, I discovered the sales framework some what, five years ago? And I've been in love with the framework for that long. So um, in 2020, I started, like we did the very first sales conf, which is my one-man take of how is it going to be like organizing a global tech conference for a framework. How many speakers were there for the first yeah. one? How many speakers did you have? Um, I think we're about... 12 or 13 i don't know is that that's, le that's legit for yeah. a one-man thing putting that oh. together that's no joke yeah it's um always been amazing the every year how i'm able to pull it off you know it's really really intriguing and i'm also excited for this year because um not to spill anything the maker of sales mike McNeil himself he has some exciting announcement he's going to make which um, I'm also excited about hearing. So, yeah. So that's it. Sales got bought by Vercel. What? Sales got bought by Vercel. Oh, oh that, 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 would be, <laughs> that would be good. But I don't think so. That'd be a good troll announcement. But um, so when you did it in 2020, that probably would have been then during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah, I find that really interesting how many people have a story like that i got into redwood the same year and was doing all these online meetups and for you you know where where are you located at in the world okay i'm in nigeria africa yeah that's and that's what i thought so that's why what time is it for you right now it's 8 p.m okay not, that's not too bad so uh, thank you for making it in the in the evening so I feel like for, for you, I know Nigeria does have a, a tech scene of its own, but I bet you probably got a lot of value from being able to connect with what everyone went online in the same year. Yeah, um, th that has been it really because, you know, I've always seen the internet and the web development space as a space where it can, you you could easily transcend your, your like, where you're based because we all have the internet Your borders exactly so it's cross-border there are no limits there, there are no walls really you could 
and that's the beauty of open source video right you just get you to so many people from different works different culture and it's just amazing yeah this is actually a statistic i'm really proud of less than or so greater than 50 percent of all fs jam listeners are not in the u.s so we have 43 percent listeners and then we have a whole spread of like a hundred other countries and that's one of the things I really also enjoy about the web space is how, how global it is and how easy it is to, to connect with people through these like real-time tools. And you do spaces all the time. So when did you start hosting Twitter spaces? Okay. Um, so my very first Twitter space, probably late last year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not too late, though. So it's... I'm... Actually, question. Did you ever do Clubhouse? Oh, yeah, I was in Clubhouse, but I got tired or fatigued from, you know, the platform, so I just left. Well, and also, it went away, so no one uses it anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah so I just really left. So, um, my very first Twitter space was Impromptu. Um, it was from a question I had on Discord. I just needed to, like, have a space about it, and it had a, a good amount of turnout. I was like, okay. Probably we could do this some more, but I like very short spaces. I can't do long spaces. I don't have the appetite for it. So I always keep my spaces really, really short. So I just, you know, so that I don't get burned out myself because I don't like talking a lot as well. Yeah, I, I find I there's multiple spaces I like going to. The ones we always do, especially ones like this, there's like a guest, there's questions. It usually fits into a natural hour to hour and a half long time. But then there's some spaces where people show up to just hang out, like, communally, even, like, week to week. And then it's just people, like, having, like, a conversation that they would have, like, at work when they're just, like, shooting the, the crap with people. And those are cool because you can kind of come in and out and then go for hours and hours and hours. But it's not, like, a structured conversation. But um, I, I find that just spaces in general, you can make it whatever you want because it's just a bunch of people showing up and talking about stuff, you know? So you can make, like, a podcast. You can make it, like, a hangout. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mine, I do, like, I have a series, which I call, like, the special guest um, Twitter spaces where I invite someone to just talk about a topic. And um, recently I've been doing this recurring Tuesday spaces where I talk about something technical, like a misconception I see among web developers, I just talk about it. It's highly technical. It's just an hour long, and I, I find that that works. And uh, I see Loki is here. Loki is um is part of the Salesforce community, but he's working on a very amazing framework called Formidable. Um, he's also giving a talk at SalesConf. So, hi Loki. Send an invite to him. Let me know who's anyone else in the crowd. I should send invites to. Yeah, Barbara is in the crowd. She's um. She's a lead in the Salescast community. So, she, hi, Barbara. If you want to come talk about sales or sales conf, good. She's Mike Shine most of the time. Yeah. So. yeah. First off, I would love to be a guest and talk about like full stack as a term. But um, I'd be curious to hear more about like sales, the framework, and how you would frame it for people who've never heard of it. Yeah, for sure. So, if sales is highly influenced by ruby on rails so if you know rails sales was influenced by it so it's an full stack right in the name mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> right it's just the s and the r so it's a full stack mvc framework 
for JavaScript, which is for Node.js, right? Because now we have, like we have to say Node or Dino or whatever runtime. So it's it comes with battery included. It gives you an OLM which lets you do all your database magic all in, in a unified API, which is called Waterline. Um, and it's it has WebSockets included for real-time things, which is one of the reasons why I loved it, because there was there were a lot of innovations on the sales part that made WebSocket things really, really easy. So I love that about it. And the conventions are pretty, pretty simple because sales stick to like vanilla JavaScript most of the time. So the route is an object, you know, just key value pairs and a lot of conventions that let you quickly build APIs. And that was what made me fell in love with it because I tried a lot of framework back then when I found sales 2018, 2019, because I came from a lot of a background, I needed something like that. Yeah, and Redwood wasn't around Exactly, right? So I was using Express, but I find that that I have to come up with my own photo structures, my own conventions every time. That's like using Sinatra. Exactly, right? Exactly. So Mm -hmm. if you want to move quickly, if you already are into things like Laravel, you want something like that for JavaScript, that's the kind of um, role that um, sales is playing. Yeah. Hi, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, I find that. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you have more? Yeah, sure. You go ahead. I was going to say, so I have a lot of thoughts about sales. I think it's cool because people always used to say, why isn't there a full stack JavaScript framework? And I think this one and Adonis probably had like the most claims, like actually building something like that. And then Redwood kind of came in and it was a full stack framework, but because it used GraphQL and React, it was like a whole different ball game and it kind of stands alone in that respect. But what's the story in terms of how you would get, like, I know you use Vue, I think. So how easy is that to, because I, when I look at the sales docs, it doesn't really tell you how to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, that was one thing that bugged me for a little while because after I started using sales, I needed to build salescast.com, right? And because I knew, like, I know Vue, I decided to, okay, why don't I just build like a sales backend, you know, for the backend things and a Nox frontend, right? But the promise of SP after a while was not given for me no more. And um, I decided to like think through what would be the story of having everything in a unified code base and still offer my pages in view and at the time i think jonathan reinick built inertia which is what allowed the your the um, lava backend and the view or react's built front end to coexist in a single repo i was like whoa we need this in javascript like we're supposed to be able to do this but if they could do this cross language that we should be able to do this. So I invested a lot of time building the inertia adapter because the way inertia work is leveraging the web fundamentals, just a, a lot of HTTP headers and stuff. So I was able to build an adapter for sales and then made everything work together. So I migrated everything from the Nox and sales separate code bases into a unified code base in like, I think two or three days. It was that easy to make that change and nothing broke. And I was like, whoa, okay, what are we going to call this? And I just came up with a very random acronym, like the read stack. And if it's like React, the read stack, but it, it was not really given as of the time. So 
I get what well, stack mm-hmm. did you call it? Veet stack. What stack? Like, so yeah, oh yeah. Veet. So the Veet stack because I use the Vue. Veet stack. Yeah. So built on Veet. Yes, Vue, Inertia, Tailwind, and Sales. That was the stack. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing you have a um, 2019 Medium article: How I successfully upload a file using Vue and Sales. I'm just looking for like mm-hmm. if someone wanted to also do this. Like, are there docs for this? Do you have, like, ex- blog posts you've written? Yeah. Like, I know you create a lot of content around this stuff. Oh, yes, I do. I have talks about it. I have documentations about it. And to get started, it's as simple as running a CLI, which is MPX, create that sales, then the project name. That's all. Then you pick a framework, and it builds everything for you, whether using React, Vue, or Svelte. Interesting. Very Interesting. So sales new. Okay, cool. Um, Loki, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Donald. Uh, yeah, I'll be speaking at the sales conference this year. Uh, very keen, and yeah, I hope people will tune in. Cool. Um, you want to talk a little bit about either your background, where you work, or just your talk itself? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I'm a software engineer, a full-set software engineer. I work for a company called Children's Salon. I'm a research uh, and development engineer. And yeah, and then about my talk, I'll be mainly talking about creating CLI applications. Uh, we'll take a look at how you can build cross-platform CLI applications using Node. Um, yeah, we'll take a look at how you can streamline your the, the process of automating tasks and um, how you can enhance your productivity. Uh, yeah, so pretty much pretty much around building CLI applications. That sounds tight. That sounds incredibly useful. <laughs> I want to see yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I usually build, so I, I usually have like a CLI um, thingy that I use for just my daily, you know, just working daily. And I think a lot of people could find it useful. Yeah, I have a massive gist of like commands in different categories to like do things that I kind of constantly reference, but I never really build my own CLIs or write shell scripts. I've never really gotten to to that level, but this is something I'd be curious about because I see lots of like project starters, like these CLIs, like create T3 app. And also like Astro has a CLI where like you generate a project and this sounds like what the create sales thing was. And you kind of like, go through a step-by-step thing of selecting different configurations is that the t- like one of the types of things you'd be able to do and what you're going to be demoing yeah yeah pretty much yeah cool awesome yeah yeah then we'll also look yeah then we'll also take a look at how you can also um so i mean sometimes if you move around let's say you get a new pc and you know or a new laptop and now you have to worry about how do you move your commands if you had had them in a bash script. You know you don't have to worry about that if you have it as a project. You just move it to a different machine and it still works. So we'll take a look at how you can also do that. That's also the re- that's also the reason I like having a gist. That's just the URL I can take with me wherever I need it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, what got you into the framework in the first place? Um, actually, don't use uh, sales. Uh, I'm just a JavaScript person. I use like JavaScript all the time. I actually have my own framework, um, but I thought it would be beneficial. What's your own framework? Um, formidable JS. Uh, so the talk will be using, or in the talk, I'll be demoing a how do you, how to build a CLI using a 
component of the framework. Um, and I mean, you could also use it for, if, you, if you're using sales, you could actually use it in sales or any other framework. So it's cross-platform, it works everywhere. What's so, yeah. Ember? Ember is a full-stack programming language. I actually don't know why it hasn't caught on because it's quite amazing. But it's a full-stack uh, programming, uh, programming language, sorry. And um, it was created by the same people who created Scrimba, the online learning platform. Um, Interesting. Do you know about Wasplang? Sorry, come again? Do you know about Wasplang? It's another like language for full-stack apps. I, I need to actually look at this to know if it's similar at all. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, Kelvin's got his hand up, though. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin, give it go ahead. Yeah, sure. So I just want to quickly interject. Um, one thing I wanted for sales conference, even if it's a sales conference, I want to capture as much in the JavaScript ecosystem as possible. So I encourage a lot of non-sales talk because I believe at the end of the day, we are all JavaScript. So Loki, the formidable framework is actually really, really dope. I like it. And I think it, it's been in the... Get up open source Friday, right? With um what's it? Yeah. With um with Zell, right? Rizal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really dope framework you should check out. Yeah, it looks sweet. Awesome. Yeah, and this cause this makes sense as something that goes along with sales is still like full stack still got a lot to do with the server and it's javascript so i like that that's why we you know javascript jam we we lean very heavily into the javascript branding here because it's the the biggest tent that you could fit as many projects and people as possible even typescript Um, what are some other talks or things about the conference that you're excited for, either of you two? Yeah. Um, for me, of course, Mike's keynote is on top of the list for me. Also, Matteo is also going to give a talk about building APIs with Platformatic, which is like... Fast, fastify Matteo? Yes, Fastify Matteo, yeah. He's... Awesome. He he said he might be here if he have the time. Still, so might just breezing for a little while. And um, also, Natalia Stock, she's a senior architect at Microsoft. She's gonna be talking about JavaScript and Wasm, and how they make for a fast cousin something. So I'm really looking forward to her talk. And also, of course, Donut Stock making CLI application. I I really love CLI apps, and I want to see how it's gonna like that there's one other framework i've been looking into but i haven't had the time to practice which is clark from the astro team do you know it clark yeah, i think clark, c-l-a-c-k that should be the cli tool like it's yeah so the domain is clark.cc if i'm not mistaken yeah um, yeah interesting <laughs> I haven't heard of this. Oh, it is it's what the Astro CLI is built with. It's really I see. really amazing stuff. So I'm actually thinking of the 2.0 of the CLI I, I'm working on should be on Clark or any other thing that's gonna make it easy. 
Then uh, Form Kit by Justin. Have you heard of Form Kit in the Vue ecosystem? Um, no, I don't know. Actually, a, I think I've heard of it, but I don't know a lot of the more Vue libraries. It's um, really amazing. I'm assuming it's for forms. Yeah, it's it's literally the only time I've seen something called itself a form a form framework and really fits the bill. They've really thought about a bunch of stuff that makes form easy. So I did a TKYT session with him and I was blown away by how by like how they are solving this problem of forms. So yeah, you could go check it out. Really some exciting talks in there. Yeah, this looks great. With Redwood, we use React hook form. So I'm very bought into the idea that we should have good form component libraries because it's something that is done terribly a lot of the times, but if it's done right, is just saves you so much time and helps you manage edge cases better and just have cleaner code. And there's just so many reasons. Yeah. And, um, one cool thing in FormKit that I really love is how they manage um, internalization, like I18N. It's baked into the form framework because most times we don't really think about it. Not that we don't think about it. We don't, we, it's too much work. We just don't even want to do it, right? But of course, you're going to have users from all over the world, right? So it's all those little details is really baked into FormKit. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's huge. Internationalization is something that if you want it, you got to build it in from the start. <laughs> Pin some links to the Jumbotron as well. Feel free to share any others. Cool. So the dates are going to be, it's the 14th to the 16th, right? Yes, it is. It's three day long. It talks. And then I'm assuming people will mostly be watching it online. Is there an in-person component to it as well or not at all? No, for these ones, there'll be none at all. So it's all going to be on Discord and on YouTube for the talks and for the discussion is going to be on Discord. I'm looking and hoping we could do one in person next year, but let's just see how that goes. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so where do people go? to see it yeah sure so all talks will be premiered on youtube so if you go to the salesconf.com right now you just click on the set a reminder button which should be the keynote but it's not there yet so but it takes you to the youtube which you could just set a notification or you subscribe or whatever so when i upload the keynote it's going to take you to the premiered page for it so you could set a, uh, a reminder and also you should hang around on the discord for announcements and stuff so also in the same page you'd see join the the discussion so it's all there two buttons <laughs> these uh speaker uh photos are really great or <laughs> drawings i should say yeah um the designer it's she's just amazing really she's been doing this for us for like three years now okay yeah hats off to them yeah. these are really really good yeah it's just dope so we are all going pirate themed this year so i love them too super funny <laughs> good 
good old pirates. So some of the other talks we got production ready lambdas with Node.js, um, the formkit one, the wasm one, the CLI application, building APIs and platformatic. Okay, so let's talk about the boring JavaScript stack. What's the boring JavaScript stack? Oh yeah. Um that's my talk. So is the rebranding of the Vite stack and the whatever and uh, it's just gonna be a, so uh, the foundation of this all is like a UI framework, of course. For me, it's Vue with inertia, then tailwind, then sales. And we're just going to give you all the building blocks. Or like like you see, if you start a new um, Laravel project, you have a lot of things that's done for you for the get-go. Sales does a lot of that already, but there's still more, right? So I, I've always said that the full stack story in JavaScript is not complete yet. But for me, I just want to build stuff and I want to give people um, a solution for them to quickly have a very strong, quick foundation for them to build their ideas on. So that's what the boring JavaScript stack is all about, is that JavaScript is too exciting. There are too, more, too much to learn. If you want a solid foundation to just, you know, a boring foundation to base your idea on that was the boring javascript stack is going to be all about i love that because i feel like javascript fatigue was a term that i know was kind of coined like maybe eight or nine years ago and i feel like kind of waned for a while and now i feel like it's back with a vengeance and everyone as you say are super overwhelmed by all the frameworks but there's a, a pushback to that, which is just use vanilla JS and web components. And it's just like, no, that's, that's not the solution at all, actually. <laughs> and so what you're presenting is something that you actually build a real project with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that's just my own take because especially for... So for me, right, I just love Vue. I'm going to use Vue for everything, right? So, but even for the folks doing... Um, React, right? So right now I feel React is sort of, I don't know if I'm going to say doing a lot. And one thing I love about the framework or the library, whatever you want to call it, it's the UI part of it, right? Not the ecosystem of like state management, the React router and all that kind of stuff. So if you want your pages to still build in React and be an, a spa, you can achieve that with the boring JavaScript stack. And the cool thing is just like Remix, you don't need a state management library because the state is managed by your database, which is where it should be. That's my own thought. So I was really pleased when I saw that it was the same way Remix was handling things because that just made sense because I've not touched a state management library for like almost two years now because of this stack. There has been no need for it. And at the time, I thought I was doing something wrong because they'd be like, you always need Vuex or something. But there was no need for it anymore. So I was really pleased to know that I wasn't going crazy when I saw Remix pitching the same thing, that you don't need a state management library. So yeah, that's it. I'd be curious what the story is for like end-to-end -end type safety and if people have tried to either hack in GraphQL or TRPC with sales. Yeah, and um, the, I, I don't know about TRPC or GraphQL. For me, REST would do it. We'll probably do like a GraphQL thing if we're interested, but 
to me, the borrowing stack we just, you know, old tried and trusted frame, frameworks, libraries, and architectures. Like REST is good for most of the things we want to do. And um, for me, that, that has always worked for me. So, of course, type safety is also a thing that people like these days. Not that I'm a very good TypeScript person, but we'll see. Yeah, actually, I look forward to the day GraphQL can be considered boring because I love GraphQL. I think it gets a bad rap a lot of the times and people have a sense of it being very complex due to reasons of the ecosystem being kind of inherently complex. And the, the paradigm of GraphQL, what GraphQL queries actually are, are so simple when it gets down to it in a way that as a beginner that actually was learning to code and kind of learn GraphQL around the same time, it was it was mind-blowing to me. So I wish that we could have frameworks that made it easier to just, like, write your queries and just kind of get the data back, and then your GraphQL server does all things. We do luckily have that framework. It's called Redwood, but <laughs> I can't seem to successfully make this pitch to people. But I think with sales, it's got this long history of it already being built with REST. You have all these examples of REST, all the additional middlewares and things are done with REST. So it just makes sense to keep doing the thing that you already know works because the benefits you have from GraphQL are having like a different mental model. It doesn't necessarily do anything different. Yeah. Um, it, it's... I, I don't have a strong... Um, reason not to use GraphQL other than I I just I don't know I've used it it's cool I like the idea I, I, even for Platformatic Launch Week I wrote an article because I had to test the, the platform and I wrote some GraphQL and it was really really cool but at the end of the day I, I think for most apps I'm building REST always works for me I, like I don't really see a strong need for it but of course, we could look that way. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, the problem is GraphQL is a lifestyle. And I know this because I live that lifestyle. I worked at a GraphQL company for like a year. So when you're like in it, you're just like writing GraphQL stuff all the time. It's great because you can shove it into anything you want actually very easily once you figure it out. But anyone who doesn't have all that GraphQL context will be super confused by everything that you're doing. <laughs> so you like meet other GraphQL people and then you have these long GraphQL conversations about RAM GraphQL libraries. So that's why I say it's like a lifestyle. So Yeah, I I definitely get that because I think the folks from WonderGraph and also Platformatic, they're also trying to make GraphQL a little bit easy to work with. So yeah, like it, it's it's fine if you want to do it really. Yeah, for sure. Um, great. Uh, do you have um, other like companies you're working with or things? I think there is a sales cast company. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh, so the sales cast company is the registered company that is sort of like the umbrella for our open source and also for the sales cast platform and Guppy. So if you don't know Guppy, it's... Um, it's a JavaScript playground I built, which is like a desktop app for 1.0, which I'm actually trying to sunset for 2.0. So everything I do that is both commercial and open source 
not everything though. Like there are some things that are my thing, right? So if you go to docs.salescars.com, you see all the open source project that is under the salescars company. So the idea is to be able to build tools for full stack JavaScript developers, also make courses and anything that's going to empower anyone to build their ideas on JavaScript. That's what the salescars company is all about. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a few company that did this and there's Laravel cast, like Rails cast. So is that kind of the model you're going for? Yeah, um, because so sales cast was definitely a spin-off from Laracast and Go Rails because I find it was lacking in sales ecosystem. And at the time I wanted it to be primarily sales, but I thought, I think that we don't have much back-end full-stack JavaScript content as there is strictly front-end. So I want to be able to like give real-world courses on back-end JavaScript, full-stack JavaScript. So that's just the thing. Yeah, so it's like Laracast or Goros, but for the broader spectrum of full-stack JavaScript. Love that. Yeah, I totally agree. I've always wanted there to be more back in JavaScript stuff. That's one of the reasons why I branded my first podcast, the Full Stack Jamstack podcast. That was the whole idea is that the Jamstack was already very client heavy and everyone was using React and Vue and whatever and deploying these things to to Netlify or Vercel, but there's no backend. It's like, there's literally no database there. Now there is, you know, years later. So it's a whole different paradigm. And then I realized that some people kind of we're in this old world where they keep using these front these full stack frameworks that already existed that don't have these client side libraries or they take the client side library and they just through sheer force of will figure out how to attach it to some sort of back end and then now we're getting more frameworks that are trying to to do that and make it nice the one thing that we haven't talked about yet is where do people like host their sales apps? I'm assuming it's nodes. You can host it anywhere. You host a node server, but do people tend to gravitate towards certain places? Yeah. Um, for me before now I hosted on Heroku, which is like, um, it, even the sales docs rest in peace. Yeah. Right. So I had to painfully migrate off Heroku because of the, you know, the thing that happened. And now I'm at render. And um, yeah, so anywhere, so anywhere that can give you the like, you could run a a Node.js server. There you could host your. Have you tried Railway? I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about Railway. I'm actually I'm in the market shopping for a new home for all my services and website because render is just I don't know they are billing policy. So I, I should check out Railway too. Well, let me let me first say <laughs> uh, it'd be malpractice for me not to at least sell you on Edgeo for a quick second because Edgeo can run node servers for free, and that's pretty sweet. So that's another one to look at. I would love to build out a, a sales example with it where the way I would describe it, it's like a Jamstack platform. If a Jamstack platform was server rendered first instead of static first, so you like automatically have a server, but it's kind of like a global edge type server thing. So you kind of get to split the difference between not having to worry about a certain server in a certain area, but you can still write your node code. There's some weird kind of edgeo specific configuration things, but um, we can work all that out. Mm-hmm. So one quick question. 
can it host um static site because most of yeah oh, definitely really? cool i'll definitely check it out because it it's gonna cost me pain moving off Ronda because i really liked it at the time but you know business business does what business wants to do so i'll definitely check out it yeah and the question is gonna be kind of like do you are you hosting just a server? Do you are you have a database as well? Are you gonna be migrating that from render? Yeah, so right now salesguys.com runs on a single Postgres database and also Redis for session things. So that that's the only okay, you, you absolutely want to use railway then. It is gonna be so freaking simple to do that. You, it's gonna blow your mind. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of railway. I've tried fly, flies pretty yeah. good. I've tried Quovery. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I've tried uh, flight control. Flight control is really good. Um, that's going to have you running on AWS at the end of the day. There's so many sweet ways to run Node apps <laughs> right now. Yeah, so, so I have Edge on my list. Fly, I checked it out. So Edge Fly Railway. I'm going to see who's going to win because. I want to. Yeah, fly is if you are. So I say GraphQL is a lifestyle. You know, Docker is like a lifestyle as well. Using fly is living the Docker lifestyle. So if you really like writing Docker files, then you want to use fly. No, no Docker, please. Yeah, don't go near fly then. It's flies good. Like they're great if you want to work with Docker files. Railway, you'll work with Docker files, but they'll make it so easy it, it won't feel like you're using Docker. Oh my. Oh. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely take a look. Thank you. Yeah, happy to chat more about that. I can put you in touch with their, their DevRel people too. Actually, Chris Burns, my podcast co-host, was just asking me like a day or two ago. He's like, if I like Railway or something. I'm like, dude, I've been talking about Railway for like two years nonstop. People make jokes about how much I talk about Railway. <laughs> yeah, um... I really love the, like, I'm really going to miss Render, really, because I didn't have to worry about Docker files. It's just like GitHub's push to Git and all the things they do. I know they are using Docker behind the scene, but I I don't want to care because I'm not a very big fan of Docker or any of the, um, what, orchestration things. I... Then Edgeo is going to be a good thing for you to look at then because we're, there's no containers going on what whatsoever. We're more like a Cloudflare where it's like a edge network that has just like a whole bunch of servers running everywhere. Cool stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to look at it, really. Yeah, but I have to bite that one. (laughs) Yeah, um, just general, anyone out there who wants to come up and ask questions, uh, I just want to make sure everyone feels free to do that. Um, Are there other things about... The conference, the community, what you do, non-sales related things you want to talk about, just open floor. Yeah. Um I don't like honestly, I just want the conference to, you know, just get to the week of the conference and we're all done with it. Because there are a ton of other stuff we have planned. Especially open source work I have to do. And um so for the community, right? It was strictly sales for a while until I I saw an opportunity to have this young people or I don't know, any stage you're in, if you want to solidify your JavaScript skills. So 
I I welcome everyone learning JavaScript. So that's what the community is. So every Wednesday, like today we have a workshop. Like we had a workshop for like an hour where we talk about JavaScript closures. So I feel there are a lot of people that might have gaps in the JavaScript. So the workshops help us to like fill those gaps in with some JavaScript, like no frameworks, right? Just JavaScript itself. And you find a lot of cool things about JavaScript for just having that hour or 30 minutes. So yeah, if you're doing JavaScript things, if you're not already there, you should go check out the community. And Loki, do you have anything you want to share? Um, I'm good. I just think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of value that will be provided through the sales conference. Uh, I think a lot of people should come and tune in. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Definitely. I think there's going to be a lot of really great content and it's, it's just cool to see an open source community and framework doing something like this that's not uh you know trying to be like apple and getting like millions of dollars of vc funding and it has kind of like all that stuff associated with it like that that there's all that's all good ultimately i'm, I'm a fan of open source getting money in general but like this is very much a like grassroots community event it's very it's very clear and so i think these are very cool and this is where if you want to build long-term relationships in open source like you've been like sounds like you've been involved in this partner for a really long time which is which is super cool because it shows that one like you enjoyed it enough to keep doing it and like two that there's people who kind of stick around and continue to work on it and, and iterate on it and if you want to get into any framework that's that's all you really need if you know there's at least like a handful of people you gotta reach out to and you're like hey this thing's broken what do i do and they'll like help you with it like that's, that's all you need <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just it, really. Um, I really like open source, and it's really shaped my journey in web development. Like the skills I've gotten from just you know seeing a gap in like an open source project or something, I wanted to like fix it. Like that's the whole reason why I'm doing all the sales things for so long, right? So it's just the um, you see a pain and you want to fix it. Is you could fix it not just by code, right? You could write articles about it. You could run conferences or run a community. So any way you find yourself able to contribute to open source, it just really makes you a, a better person, a, a better developer, or or anything you want to be better at. If you could wave a wave a magic wand and make sales the most popular JavaScript framework, period, would you do it? Would you not want to deal with those issues? Yes. And I actually have um, <laughs> a little, like, I'm very optimistic about the future of sales because I feel we have a long, like, a great room for growth. And just check this out. We are still at 1.0, right? And we are almost at feature parity with most of the full stack framework. Like whatever you could do, really, we can do it. So even with Laravel or with Rails, we can really get it to work with sales. So I feel what will happen if we get to 2.0 to 3.0 and all that stuff. So I'm really excited about the future of sales. I feel we can really grow. 
can I ask your docs questions through a language model yet, though? What? <laughs> this is just like Astro and other projects. So there's now like oh, yeah. an AI on their doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw um, <laughs> Astro hosting, right? That's it. Nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, awesome. What other, are there any other like events or conferences that you're going to this year? Yes. Um, so, so this is a cool thing, right? I'll be simultaneously attending two conferences next week. So SalesConf online and open source community Africa also is happening in person next week. I'm not speaking at the event. I'm just attending to, you know, network and also give out some trouble merges. And also just listen to some talks. So yeah, so that's I'm looking forward to the meeting, to the conference. And also, Angie Jones, if you know her, she's also coming. I think she's a definitely. Speaker, so it's going to be cool seeing her in person for the first time. I'm glad you reminded me. Talk about trouble. What is trouble? Oh yeah, trouble. So you know what Google Analytics is for like web pages. Um, trouble sure, yeah. that for. <laughs> REST-based APIs, right? So the way I've always seen it is if you want to, like, a very easy solution to monitor your APIs if you're providing APIs, because APIs account for 80% of all the internet traffic, right? So that, that's a lot of requests, right? So if you want to monitor, you want to observe them, and of, as of latest, we also provide you security. So that's what um, Triple does. Yeah, simple, right? It just monitors your APIs and gives you security. Yeah, no big deal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> we try to make it no big deal for you, but for us, it's a lot of deal because a, a lot of thought has to go into making that simple. Because um, some other solutions that do this, they use something like um, uh, like an API gateway. We do not. Want... And what are what are comparable things? Because like, cause I don't really know this AI API space that well, but I'm curious. Yeah, so we I've, on that space, there's New Relic and Datadog. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I know both of them. Good. So you call yourself like an observability company, but you don't really use that word. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do that and some. So it's like the entire API lifecycle. So we let you because you're also running the you're actually running the API because you're deploying it. Oh no, or are you not? No, no, no. Okay, you're not. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. So how we work is that right? We if so let's say you take um Fastify for example, right? You have a Fastify API, right? Uh, we'll give you a a treble SDK for Fastify, which is essentially a middleware that anytime your app. You're... Okay, I see why you compare it to Google Analytics exactly. things. Like you're putting a script tag in, but you're putting yes. a script tag into your server. Exactly. That's just ah, that's clever. <laughs> okay, sweet. Um, how long have you been working there for? I think uh, at as of today, seven months. Yeah, seven months. Very cool. And do you do like? engineering for them or DevRel like yeah so I I do DevRel and also maintain the JavaScript so I maintain the JavaScript SDKs because all our SDKs are open source so I write them and I maintain them so both the DevRel part you know all the DevRel things but and also 
coding stuff. And I also contribute to the products where we build as well. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. I had never, never heard of this product before, but it looks nice. You got good looking docs. Yeah, docs built by with Astro. Yeah. I thought I recognized this template. <laughs> cool. Um, great. Well, if you don't have anything else you kind of want to talk about, we can start winding it down here. Uh, what are places people should go? aside from like your Twitter to get in touch with you or the community. Yeah. Um, so that would be discord, which is soscar.com slash chats. We, we hang out on discord. We do open source projects together. We also do workshops, which I've spoken about. I, you could also come hang out on YouTube because I do Thursday streams like, um, tomorrow I'll be doing a stream. Um, so it's called Source Diving with Kelvin. So every Thursday I do like for an hour, just stream stuff. So you can come hang out on YouTube as well. And also check out the YouTube channel. There's a lot of TKYT sessions in there that you could definitely find one or two valuable for you. So, so yeah. That was on YouTube? Yes, that's on YouTube. So I could put the link below. Yeah, I'm posting some some stuff here. I got the SalesCast Discord. And if you want to post the YouTube, I can pin that up as well. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, if you ever wanted to get anyone on the show to talk about trouble or to talk about sales more, always happy to do that. We can also do an actual like podcast with video episode where we build out a demo and show you how to deploy it to Edgeo. So that would be fun. Set that up afterwards. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm definitely down for that. Really, any either trouble or sales, I'm up for it. Yeah, I I like how you you seem to be in a similar groove to a lot of devrel people I know. To where like you got like a couple of different content streams. You're kind of like always working on some kind of video, some kind of written, some kind of code, some kind of spoken. And you've got a little bit of everything going on. It's it's fun. I, I greatly enjoy it. Yeah, really. It, it it's fun. But it, it can sometimes get overwhelming, but of course that's um that's what work is. Yeah, and that's when you at least for me, that's when I do less open source stuff. Cause something's gotta give at a certain point. Yeah, that is true. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, uh, Loki, for joining as well. This will conclude it for JavaScript Jam. Give us a follow. Check out the newsletter. And we'll catch you next Wednesday, same time. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's a pleasure.